Hello there and welcome to Adventures in Dowsing, podcast number 14 from the British Society of Dowsers. I'm your host, Graham Gardner, and as this is our first podcast of 2010, let me wish you a very happy new year. Now, with much of the UK still shivering under a blanket of snow and ice in our worst winter for over 40 years, it's a bit cold to be dowsing outside. I did have a client out in the countryside just before Christmas, and it wasn't very pleasant trying to douse with cold hands and trudging through deep snow. But the, uh, the one advantage of snow cover is that it's very easy to mark your findings, of course. But it's not always necessary to work on site, and many dowsers in fact prefer to work from a plan or map of the site in the first instance, mainly as a time-saving measure. It uh, can save you a lot of legwork when you actually get to the site. But some dowsers working in the areas of health and geopathic stress in particular actually prefer not to visit the site at all, and are happier working from a distance. Our podcast today features interviews with two such dowsers, Wilma Davidson and Adrian Ingledon Weber. Wilma is an alternative health professional, a Reiki master, a medium, exorcist, and a long-standing member of the BSD. She's also a member of the National Federation of Spiritual Healing and the Spirit Release Foundation. Wilma's the author of several books, including Dowsing for Answers, Dowsing for Cures, and Spirit Rescue. I caught up with her at her annual conference, where she'd been hosting a workshop on Spirit Rescue. Wilma, thanks for talking to us. Thank you, Graham. It's a pleasure to be uh, here. Would you like to start by telling us about how you got into dowsing and how you got into the, uh, the spirit rescue field? I was taught to douse probably about 15 years ago, and uh, I couldn't believe that uh, suddenly here was a tool that gave me all these answers. And of course, the beauty is it's free, and uh, on the whole, provided uh, one cleanses the pendulum, cleanses your energies, it is 100% accurate, or 99%. And um, it does answer many of the questions which you've got doubt about. And of course, it is used in other countries to save lives. And during the Vietnam War, the Americans trained the Marines to use the dowsing with one hand and uh, a rifle in the other. And during the World War, the 40s War, the British government used dowsers to find unexploded mines that had time bombs, time set on them. So really, you know, th- th- this is a well-respected uh, skill. Well, I mean, indeed, the, the British Society of Dowsers was founded by military folk. Back in, you know, they I were was all just from about the... to tell you about that one. Oh, yeah. Organization. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 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 Beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. one, one of the stories I like telling is that I remember seeing on Tomorrow's World many years ago mm-hmm. somebody demonstrating a device for finding unexploded ordnance, uh, which was basically a, a telescopic aerial and a plastic yes. handle yes. Uh, that you stood and pointed across the field and it, yes. would, it would turn when it was in the direction. And, you know, it's basically an L rod, but of course they weren't calling it that. That's right. Yeah. Well, this is the wonderful thing about dowsing, yeah. it does save lives. And it's also wonderful med- for medication in that uh, sometimes you're not quite sure what's the right medicine or how long you should take it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by dousing you can find whether you're having the right one and uh, also whether you only need to take it for a few days or whether you mm. should take it for a few weeks. And, uh, so it, it's an environment and it's very, very useful for mm. pets. You know, if your dog's looking a bit dull with coat or if he's looking a bit tired and fed up, his nose is dry, uh, you can douse and ask. Perhaps he needs some cod liver oil or Perhaps he's a bit low in minerals. And the same thing applies with the garden. Uh, if 
your plants are looking a bit sad, you, you can ask if the soil is perhaps needing nutrients or if the plants could do with a helping hand. And also, it's absolutely wonderful for cars. If your car is misbehaving, uh, if you get hold of the handbook, you can work your way through the list of possible problems and douse and find, you know, is it uh, with the electrics? You know, is it um, the battery? Is, is it um, anything at all? I mean, I'm mm. not good at cars, so. <laughs> <laughs> but the possibilities are endless. So yes, dousing is an invaluable tool. Mm. You, you seem to use it in a more esoteric sense if you're doing spirit rescue work with it. I mean, how, right. how do you apply it in, in that field? Well, you can use it if you feel that there's a, a ghost in your house, uh, which is an earthbound spirit. Uh, you could douse and ask, you know, if there is a spirit present. You can find out how many years it's been there, and uh, you can clear the energies of the building. You can also uh, ask the pendulum to help the spirit to move on. So that it's, quite, it's quite amazing. And you can diagnose illness. If you've got a back problem, you can uh, find out, is it the sick really at joint? Is it um, perhaps wear and tear? Uh, whatever, if it's muscular. And then you know which is the right treatment because it's so easy to think, oh, I'll go and have some physiotherapy, but perhaps it's a chiropractor you need. Mm. So, but you can actually douse and find out what is causing the problem. And then you can douse and ask which is the correct therapy. Well, I know in my case, it's, uh, um, it's certainly lack of muscular activity, I yeah. think, <laughs> combined with wear and tear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, you've just launched this new book on dowsing for answers, yes. um, which looks interesting. I look forward to reading that. Well, it, so. it is interesting. It's very fascinating, mm. actually, mm. because it's a totally new concept for dowsing in that it covers things like um, the effects of mobile phones and health, and uh, it's dowsing the effects of, re of research, the results, and same with microwave ovens because the microwave affects the molecular structure of food, it damages it, which in turn creates new chemicals, some of which are carcinogenic. Mm. So it, uh, I've actually listed quite a few questions from the research so that you can confirm for yourself because so many people have a gut feeling that it's not right. Mm. So you know, with the pendulum you can confirm and it's the same with fluoride in the water and aspartate in the artificial sweetener. Uh, by dousing, you, you can confirm if these are actually damaging your health. And is, is this book suitable for complete beginners in dowsing with yes. no experience? Yes, and it's also, yeah. uh, even if people don't want to douse, they can still read the chapters and skip the dowsing bit because the facts are just very useful to know. And what they do is they confirm a lot of the questions that are uppermost in folks' minds. Mm because so many people are wondering about the mobile phone or wondering about the effect of the microwave. So yes, it, um, it's informative mm. and it will have people nodding their head and saying yes. Mm. Good. No, I look forward to it. Um, I wanted to ask you a bit more about your spirit rescue work. Um, yes. Do you do that uh, remotely or do I you do. go to the location? Or no, I both? only do it remotely. Right. Mainly because I spend so much of my time writing. I yeah. Have time. Yeah. And of course, one of the problems is that you're, you're working with the energy that's there and the person may have bad energy yeah. so it's, it's always much easier to cleanse it when you're not near so yeah. I, I always work from a distance and do you need something to make a connection with the place like a plan of the house or no I don't you don't I don't you, just, you need to know the address even I don't need it you just need I to don't need anything <laughs> some, somebody just needs to approach you and that's right yeah, I yeah. mean 
if you said to me, uh, my mother has a problem, I'm worried about their house, mm. uh, I can link in knowing it's your mother. That's all I need to know. Right. Now, I had a case last year. Of, um, I had a telephone call from London from a lady saying, please, could I help? This friend of hers was in a hospital in India with gangrene, and would I do something about it? So I sent her healing that night, and um, the gangrene dried up, and they were about to amputate her foot. Wow. Mm. I didn't even know the woman's name. Mm. <laughs> All mm. I knew was that she was this person's friend. Yeah. So because I work with spirit doctors, they know, so I don't need to know anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if somebody uh, tells me that they've got a chronic back problem, I don't need to know what it is. Because what I do is I channel the energy to them and their body, and the, the spirit doctors send it to where it's needed. So when I tend to ask, what's the matter out of politeness? Because people expect it. But I don't actually need to know anything. And how did you get into the, the, the spirit rescue? I mean, was this something you came through a spiritualist church or something no. like that? No. no, years and years ago, uh, going back about 15 years ago, I, I used to sit in development circles. Mm -hmm. uh, which is when you learn to tune into the spirit world and sense energies. And uh, the person who ran the circle, she used to find that a spirit would come in because when you have a development circle, it gives out a white light. Yeah. And you find that that will draw in spirits that are lost. And we used to, each week we get one or two spirits dropping in. And she showed us all how to, we don't get turned about of doing this rescue work. And that was how I actually started. And I think it's one of these things, when you're ready to do this work, you get nudged into it. There was a very interesting thing happened just today, it's afternoon when we're doing the workshop, I don't know whether you noticed it, mm. the lion started blowing like mad. Uh-huh, I did notice that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, I don't know if anything was coming in there or not. But, I don't uh, know, because there didn't uh, appear to be a wind outside at the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Wilma, well, it's been very nice talking to you. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, and I look forward to reading the book. Cool. So. I hope you enjoy it. Yes. Thanks very much. Well, my thanks to Wilma once again for taking the time out to talk to us there. You can find out uh, more about her on her website at wilmadavidson.co.uk and as usual I'll be putting a link to that on the podcast homepage. And Wilma's books are available from the BSD shop and by buying from us you'll be supporting the work of the charity and not giving your money to some faceless online retail giant. Our next interview coming up in a moment but before that we've just got time for some dowsing news. Well, details of our BSD training programme for 2010 are now up on the website. Uh, we kick off on the 19th to 21st of February with our tutor training course. That's for dowsers wishing to join our growing register of dowsing tutors. This is going to be held in Shartbridge Conference Centre in Chesham. I think there may still be one or two places left on that, so if you are interested in becoming one of our dowsing tutors, please contact the office as soon as possible. Uh, now, dowsing courses, it's still a little early in the season for those, but uh, Maggie Ledbetter is running a BSD-approved Dowsing for Health course on the 6th and 7th of February 2010 at the Kingfisher Hotel in Kings Windford in the West Midlands. Details of these and other courses are, of course, available on the website. Now, here's an important change for your diary. 
Our annual conference in Sirencester this year has been brought forward from our usual dates of the 24th to 26th of September. It's now going to be held on the 10th to the 12th of September. This is due to some planned building work taking place at the Royal Agricultural College, which would adversely affect us if we'd gone with the original dates. So please adjust your diaries. Once again, the date for conference is now the 10th to 12th of September. I'm told by our office elves that we have some truly amazing speakers and events lined up. More details, of course, in our next podcast. And now to our second interview. Adrian Inkleton Weber is a Vice President of the BSD and is currently also Chair of the Earth Energy's Special Interest Group. A former estate agent, he's now a full-time dowser working with geopathically stressed houses and spirit release. Like Wilma, Adrian also prefers to work remotely from his home base using plans of the house involved. I began by asking him how he got started in dowsing. Uh, dowsing film, well I probably, I think, conned into dowsing is, is, is the, the first... Um, way, the best way to put it, um, I was living in Cyprus um, way back in the 60s and I saw an advert in, in my brother's comic advertising a metal detector. Well, a comic, like a superhero? Yeah, like a, a Valiant or Victor, oh, right. I okay. can't think which one it was. Well, I think probably Valiant, I think Victor was mine. And it was two and six and I, I thought, I always wanted a metal detector and imagine one of these Second World War um, big things with, with, with the headphones. Sent away for it and it took about, I don't know, for, for a child it seems to be about five years to arrive, but probably in essence it's probably two weeks. And when they arrived a pair of dowsing rods turned up. So I'm expecting this wonderful big package and suddenly a pair of bent, bent coat hangers turned up. <laughs> uh, crestfallen is probably the best way of putting it, but... Um, Was this one of those adverts where you have lots of little pictures of like you know, the x-ray specs and uh, grow your own seahorses, that it kind was. of thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't go for the x-ray specs. I always wanted to do that as a teenager and I thought that'd be quite a good wheeze, but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I never got around to that either. But uh, um, So I started dowsing with them. Of course, it was lovely in Cyprus being able to find... I didn't really find much treasure, but I found a few Roman coins and things there in those days, and dowsing underwater pipes. And so that's really what got me into it. And I've still got them at home. I found them... Um, recently they've been stashed away, my mother would obviously kept them. Um, did that for a couple of years, came back to the UK and school and then later on women, cars and work came into it all, so dowsing took a bit of a backwards, backwards seat. Um, yeah, that, well this is a very common story when you haven't got any instruction I think. You know? Yeah. You think, well, yeah, okay, something's happening here, but what, you know, what on earth do I do with it? This is a big thing. I, I still look at it now, and the, the the amount of knowledge you can pick up just by picking up a set of dowsing rods or a pendulum. You know, I used to be taken to Stonehenge as a kid. We didn't go to many places, but Stonehenge was one of them. And you'd buy one of these blue HMSO books and start reading it, and it was so incredibly dry. You'd read one page and then put it down and never touch it. Again, I've still got the book at home, but, but never touched it again. The one thing I would say to everybody is really once you've got a set of dowsing rods or pendulums in your hand, you can be there for hours and hours and hours or ask whatever question you want. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's, it's just a wonderful thing to tap into, that universal library. Yeah, well this is it. I mean, once you've uh, got the basic protocols down, you know, there's really no limit to what you can do with it. No, exactly. Uh, I guess really from a, from a, a journey point of view, it, I really started picking them up again back in about 87, 88. 
where I really started getting, getting back, you know, I, I was like 40 something then, which is a dangerous age for a lot of people, and that spiritual journey starts. Yeah. And your life starts to go in a completely different ways. I see all that, are you going to buy a top spec motorcycle? I've got, one, I've got one of those as well, but yeah, not top spec one anymore, but it's, uh, it, was, it was about yeah. sort of eight years later. So I, I got there as well, but I didn't go for the pink shirts or the fast cars, I couldn't afford those. Um, so I really started g going going that route, but it wasn't probably until uh, maybe ten years later that I really decided to, to get out of the, the business I was in, which was which was um, a state agency. But even that in itself really pushed me into doing what I'm doing now with what we what we used to jokingly call divorce houses. Mm -hmm. um, this, the, these repeat houses that would come on the market literally three years to the day. There weren't many of them as divorce houses, but one was always infamous in the company. In fact, I'm doing that's the basis of the, of the talk on Saturday and Sunday, the workshop I'm doing here, hmm. um, basically getting me into that. So, it, were you aware of uh, something energetic going on in these houses? I mean, did you connect us with dozing at the time? No, I didn't. I, I, I guess we, 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 we all have that inner knowing, that, that sixth sense when you walk into a house and go, I don't like it, there's something not yeah, right here. This isn't for me. Yeah. That's it. And I wasn't really fully connected in those days and still very much running a business, um, family, you know, still on the money go around. Um, but you, you could almost instinctively tell when a house wouldn't sell. And there, you know, people would come back and saying, it's a beautiful house, it ticks every box, bar, we just don't like it. Yeah. And there was obviously something to do with the energies down there. and. Uh, we also had alcoholic houses too, and it was it was incredible looking back on it, um, how this repeat business would come through. Yeah, um, a lot of them weren't apparent until I got out of the business, and then started looking back at the archives and working out what happened. Um, and really, then I was just I don't know what I was doing. I know what it, I bought myself a standing stone, about a ton and a half of stone, <laughs> um, which I was walking through a a garden centre. I was just going to get some, getting some flowers, and came back with a uh, 750 quid, one and a half ton stone, which they delivered about about two weeks later, and left it on my drive. And I wanted to put it in the garden. And I was talking to a guy who was doing some reiki on me at the time, and I said, "Where's a good place to put it?" He said, "You just think about it. You can put it where you instinctively think a stone should be put, and I'll come along and douse it." And I thought. Bloody good idea. So I sat down there and did a bit of meditation work and put a little marker down that he couldn't see. He came along with dowsing rods and it was in about two inches of where I wanted to put the stones. That was pretty good. So I thought, dowsing rods, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started cutting my own coat hangers down and started dowsing from there. Went on the internet, found the BSD, joined the BSD. Really, dowsing for health is what I wanted to do in the first place. Mm. And then suddenly went on an Earth Energies course, and that was it. Forget dowsing for health, mate. Then Earth Energies was where it's at. Yeah. Then started talking about geopathic stress, and it was really that that, I guess, came in with the answer that of the geopathic stress, these houses had some form of emotional blueprint or blackprint there that needed sorting. Yeah, or blackprint, I like that. Good yeah. Term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought about it, actually. Yeah, so that really sort of led me on the quest to really doing what I'm doing now, which is pretty much full-time geomancy, full-time dowsing for geopathic stress. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting uh, that you've had the background of the estate agents, um, so you know you do have that sort of archive to draw on. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can see which houses are problematic, yeah. uh, something that most people don't have the luxury of. Um, so how's, how's it been since you started and you, you do full-time geopathic stress work? Full-time work. You yeah. know, it seems yeah. to be... I've been very lucky in that I had, had a couple of um, articles commissioned for various magazines, Kindred Spirit, and Spirit and Destiny, which really, really did help push the geopathic stress cause. Um, I'm doing quite a lot of work also with osteopaths. 
um, they've been recommending me because they're finding their treatment is fine when they're actually at the, the therapy room but they go back home and the treatment only maybe lasts a few more hours mm. and suddenly they jump straight back into geopathically stressed zone yeah. um, and pretty much revert to uh, as they were and the same up north with a place called the Sanctuary of Healing a lot of work with them so um, and that's progressed on to um, working with multiple sclerosis mm. clients as well um, which has been a fascinating journey for me too. You mentioned MS there, do you think uh, that is that is a, a causative factor in, with geopathic stress and MS? I think it has to be. I, I, I guess if you take it, take us back down to basics, we're obviously we are electromagnetic beings and obviously MS is all to do with electromagnetic impulses going horribly wrong. It's almost like they're, they're, they're um, arcing away from where they should be. I know the myelin sheath down the base of the spine causes a lot of the problems but I'm finding with many of them now that not only do they live in fairly high geopathically stressed zones in their houses but also their auric fields are very badly affected. What's the second one? You've got the etheric field and it's the second... it's the astral field. Um, it's either completely gone or shattered. Mm. So I'm trying to do some work on that to help rebuild that to see whether that sorts them out or not. And how do you go about dosing that? I know different people have different concepts of the aura. And they do. For me, I, I try and keep everything as simple as I possibly can because, you know, human beings complicate things beyond all belief if they're not careful. Um, for me, it literally, it's just asking that question, you know, are there any problems with their electromagnetic field? Yes, there are. And then you start working, is it the first one, the etheric field, the second one, third one, fourth one? And then once, once you work out which one it is, then work out a percentage of how badly it's affected. And also, when it was starting to be... Um, affected as well. We can go back to certain stress periods in their life and if I say it's over sort of maybe eight, nine years ago when, when those problems happen, people often trace it back to a particularly bad traumatic period in their life or stress period in their life. We're getting some very, very good results um, on the various machines they're testing with yeah. up there. So. Well, the, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? You know, if you do the work and an improvement happens, then, you know, that's, it's all about the results, really. It is. I think it's going to be interesting because the, the, the first MS forum we had up there, people were incredibly sceptical about, you know, how can this, 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 this southerner come up and do this work and, mm. and do it remotely? But to a person, even their families have been affected by the work that's happened remotely. So it should be quite an interesting forum next time. That's in about a week's time. Right. So we should be, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to talk to you again after that, I think. There'll be two more different questions coming through, I think, <laughs> yeah. this time. Now, your website is uh, called Dowsing Spirits, so uh, I'm guessing uh, spirit release is a large part of your work as well. They are. Uh, tell us a bit about that. I mean, do you find uh, many cases where that's, that's a factor? I, in, in, in many, many houses, I'm finding problems. Um, they're not always detrimental problems. They, they can often be there as, as, a, as, a, as a spirit looking after one of the children who perhaps feels that the mother or the father's not looking after them in, in a spiritual way. Um, like a, an ancestral guardian. Absolutely. A relative. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But to me, it's, it's amazing how many people will say, well, there's nobody ever died in this house. Yeah. And I'll say, well, hang on, we need to step back from this and say, you, know, you could be walking around Tesco's and this, a spirit will suddenly like your... your um, your energies and will suddenly follow you home and then you've got yourself an unwanted, unpaid guest. Um, if somebody said to me 15 or 10 years ago, this is what I'd be doing, I would have said that you are completely mad. You know, it's something that I was never overly keen on, on ghosts. Um, horror films scared me to death and really kept, kept away from it, but suddenly find it's an integral part now of geopathic stress dowsing. Yeah. You know, you have to look at the, the spirit side first and foremost. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm uh, very similar. When I started doing this, I was very sceptical about the whole ghost and spirit thing. And likewise, I mean, I still don't enjoy going to horror films, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, uh, I treat it like a recipe. 
yes. you know, it's, yeah. it says on the card, you know, these things happen, so you react as though these things are present, you do the work, seems to sort the problem. And they all go. Yeah. I did have one interesting case with, with the lady who was editor of one of the magazines I did the article for, and she said, look, we, we've had geopathic stress articles in the, in, in the magazine before, so what makes you different? And I said, well, what we'll do, let's, can I do you as a test case? And she said, yeah, that's fine. So we did, we danced the house, got a floor plan through, danced it all, and she said, look, what I want to try and do now is rather than you do the clearing all in one go, is maybe pick two or three pieces, two or three bits, I will then see how that, see how I feel about it over the next week or so, and then we can perhaps do another two or three bits. And what we found is the two or three bits, yes, it worked, but it never held. Yeah. Then I do another two or three bits, and that wouldn't hold. It would hold for maybe sort of a few days and suddenly start moving backwards again. So I now to say to people, look, if we're going to do it, we have to do the whole, the whole session, get it all done properly. And once you've done that, it will then, it will then hold for... I wouldn't say forever, but hold certainly for the people I'm doing it for. But touch wood, it all seems to be working well now. If there's a few layers rise, I'll always readjust that o over two or three month period with the feedback I get from my clients. Um, but the, I, I, I find the, the, the spirit release such a, a lovely thing to do, such a tender thing to do. When I first started doing it, you know, I thought I felt was I deluding myself because I didn't really feel a thing. Now I do, but it, it took a medium. I went to go and see maybe six, nine months ago to really convince me that what I was doing working. She didn't know who I was, and she walked in and said, look, I, before you sit down and before you go any further, I want to say thank you. And I said, well, what for? We've never met before. She said, I've got many, many thousands of people standing behind me just to say thank you for the work you've done on them. Wow. And I didn't quite burst into tears, but it was pretty damn close yeah, nice too. You know, it was really just lovely to actually find out that mm. you know what we actually do works. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to prove with this Moron machine, this bioresonance machine from the, from the sanctuary, we're just trying to show people um, through my workshops uh, the next two days that we now have proof that that not only dowsing works but also remote healing works as well. Mm. Tell me a bit about the Moron machines. I haven't come across one of them. It's, I think the original one was a Vega machine, yeah. um, but this is a 20,000 quid machine that, that comes from Germany. Of course, the great thing about Germany is that the, they've been dowsing geopathic stress or been, been aware of it for several, probably maybe at least 100 years. Whereas, you know, obviously, in the UK, dowsing went underground as, as a witchcraft thing. Over in the continent, it mm. seemed to stay um, very much a scientific process. So this machine comes across, and they can... They, they, it's a quite a complex machine. It, it can also, um, once it detects it through your meridian, so it, it does left hand, right hand, left foot, right foot, it will then come back with a series of, of bar graphs right. showing and, you and how it's affected. What's the contacts? Is it, is it electrodes that you hold? Yeah, or? no, the little, it's a little clip? probe either side of your fingernail All right. that comes through. And once they find out what the problem is, and they, they've got, they, they deal with your lungs, the, the lymphatic system, uh, many, many different headings, and they can then um, put a, a resonance back into your body mm -hmm. to actually heal that particular part of your body. And one of the ladies I was um, watching, um, having it done, she said, you know, obviously kidneys are problems. You could see her jump because physically her left kidney was starting to really buzz mm -hmm. with it, with this resonance, this feedback going on. And what we've now we've now found with it, and they can also program all sorts of um, essences, whether it's sort of flower essences, into water, mm -hmm. um, and then people then drink that a bit like. Um, some of the bash or Arthur Bailey's flower essences, they, they can um, put, put, um, put the, um, the pattern in, into the like water. Yeah. But the machine so far, it, it, it's had some amazing results and I've been quite amazed at really what it's come back with. Um, 
I don't fully understand it yet, but I'm hoping when I go up there this time in about a week's time, I should be getting, hopefully, having a go on it myself. Mm. If I come back geopathically stressed, I think I might have a problem. <laughs> well, I recently had uh, an Asura on an Asira, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, uh, machine reading, and I was quite relieved to see it didn't come up with any geopathic stress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the proof of the pudding is always in the eating, isn't it? Yeah. But it's a fascinating machine, and I think that they were finding a lot of their clients were suffering from geopathic stress. And in the early days, we're, we're putting them down through to Dulwich Health, and they were, all he was doing was selling the Matatech machines. Mm -hmm. They would come back for retesting and find out that the stress had gone slightly, but it was nowhere near fixed. Mm -hmm. Now, doing what we're doing with, with, with the work I'm doing on each client, we can now get an exact pattern. Within a three to four week period, the signs of geopathic stress have either gone or virtually disappeared. Mm. So for me, it's, it's a wonderful thumbs up for dowsing and, and remote healing. Yeah, absolutely. Not just what I do, because anybody can do what I do. I'm mm. nothing special. Um, but it's just lovely to be able to find, we've suddenly got that scientific proof coming through that, yeah. Yeah, something is, not, is definitely happening. Yeah, not just client feedback. Yeah. Now you tend to do most of your work remotely, don't you? So I do. Yeah, how does that work out for you? Um, it's a lot less, a lot less um, costly on travel expenses and whatever else. Um, again, it was something that having, having done the um, Beth Energy one with, with David and when we started dowsing, and dowsing was fine, and they started talking about remote dowsing, and I looked at him quite incredulous and thought, this is, this is impossible. And maybe he just said, look, just here's a bit of paper, we're going to go up to West Kennet Longbarrow, dowse around and see what you can find. And it was kind of pre-Billy Gorn tutoring as well, I looked at a bit of paper and got us kind of saw this pattern, I traced it as, as a spiral. And we went down there and suddenly everybody could find it. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly for me it was remote housing obviously works. So what else can we now do? Is, is, is it something that you could start doing remote housing on people's floor plans and people's houses and start healing from a distance? So of course all my family and friends became guinea pigs. Mm. I mean nobody es I mean nobody escaped. Anybody that said, Oh, we're not feeling very well today when they go to the doctor, right floor plan, round the house, do some dowsing and, and get them sorted. And really it's gone on from there. Mm. Um, and I've worked all over the world, doing one in Texas at the moment. Um, I'm just doing my first one in India as well, in just outside Delhi, which should be interesting. Mm. Not quite sure what I'm going to find there. Um, maybe curry lines, you know. No, that's a terrible pun, isn't it? <laughs> curry grid or something, no, no. That's just, that's, you have to wipe this bit off the tape. Um, so I'm um, a couple in, in um, I've done one in Sierra Leone, I've done a couple in, in Australia, one in New Zealand, so it's actually quite nice to be able to do that and people can almost come back because a lot more people are, I guess I'm sensitive, but people are very sensitive and they can say, you know, you were working on us at half past two yesterday morning our time, which then equated to say maybe half past eleven my time. Mm -hmm. They've got it spot on, they know exactly when I'm working on them. And again, that to me I just find incredulous that little old me, ex-estate agent, can actually change somebody's life the other end of the world by yeah. pure intent. I've had that a couple of times when I've been uh, working on somebody remotely and they've phoned me in the middle of it to say, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. So uh, I'll have to try and remember to switch off the mobile these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still just uh, find it just such a beautiful thing you can actually yeah. do for people. Yeah. And the one thing, the one problem I've always got is charging people money. You know, you have to do that because I've got to eat. You know, yeah. I, I certainly haven't got enough in the bank to retire. And that would probably be very unhealthy if I did. But so you have to charge people, and I, that, I still find that very, very difficult to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So I was going to ask you on the uh, remote dowsing. So you're working off a plan of the house. Yep. Um, how much of the surrounding area do you take in? 
I does, that, does that affect things for you? It does. I, t I tend to normally use Google Earth as well, so I like. Mm. I don't get many when, when I'm talking to my clients. I just normally tend to get the house details, full postal address, who's living there, um, how old they are, how long they lived in the house, and that's pretty much about all I really want. Otherwise, if people start telling you how ill they feel or other other points, it, it's very easy for them to say, "Well, I told you that was the problem, so you just pointed the obvious out." To me, the little knowledge is, is probably best. I tend to douse the house and I normally work through about 32 questions on my douse and then give them a report of about two and a half to three A4 pages. And often talk to them on the telephone about it as well mm. to try and explain to it. And this is what I found from the agency field. You know, people like feedback, they like contact with you. So once I've done a healing on a house, a week later I'll ask the people to give me a call, see how, they, how they're going. And then normally two weeks after that and then about a month after that just to get an idea. They get problems in between time. I'll ask them to drop me a text, mm -hmm. and I'll work on them to fine tune. As far as the other area is concerned, I will always l I look at technopathic stress to see if there's any problems with with mobile telephone masts. Um, normally, work out how many affecting them. Um, sometimes look on a Power Watch website or all sort of various um, Ofttel websites to find out um, whose masts they are, and really try and balance the energies as much as possible. The gardens I normally look at as well, because I like to try and point out where, where it's good for them to sit as well, rather than just detrimental or, 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 or bad areas. Try and point out something beneficial out of it if I possibly can. Yeah. Um, going much wider than their garden, sometimes I will if you've got stress or disturbance lines, as I find coming through, which may have been caused eight, nine, ten miles down the road by a car accident, or maybe a young, young lady or, or young man committing suicide, or or whatever, they will set up problem lines which I'll find and then try and heal from um, along, along the line and also the source as well, if appropriate. Hmm. Have you noticed any difference in uh, effectiveness between working from a plan and actually being on site? I know a lot of dowsers you know, do find that if they're working off a plan, usually they miss something by yeah. not being there. It can work both ways. The, 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 the trouble is people find that dowsing so fascinating that if you're in a house, you can spend the first five hours talking about dowsing, what you do, what you find, how you got involved in dowsing. Yeah. And I find often people can be quite distracting. So it's often quite nice for me to be able to sit in my own little room at home, my, I call it a sanctuary, it sounds great, it's a study, um, sitting there really concentrating 100% on the problem. And I would always ask one of the last questions, is there anything that I've missed? That's always the difficult one, because if you get the answer back, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what have I missed? <laughs> yeah, yes. where, where do you start? <laughs> and or can I, am I going to find something interesting in this dance? Yes, you are. Okay, fine. Well, you know, where's it going to be? And then trying a series of, series of questions to try and drill down to the answer as quickly as possible. Um, I hope I don't miss anything, but obviously with with anything that thirty two questions, it, it could be thirty eight questions, it could be forty questions. What I've tried to do is narrow it down to as few questions as I can possibly ask to, to get the problem sorted. And I'll find it if I, if I sort out the overriding um, geopathic stress problems, the little niggles can often disappear as yeah. well. Uh, I think often it is uh, very easy to get distracted and because you get into something that's interesting and you follow that path and you tend to sort of lose track of the, the main issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, very often you have to just ask, well, okay, where do I need to work here? You know, what do yeah. I need to do? That's it. I do, I, I do like it. And in fact, I miss that people contact at times when, when you go out to people's houses. Um, but, you know, so often the time, and it's very precious because I'm busy, I've got a lot of people coming coming through. Uh, not only that, we're obviously, obviously running... 
um, as one of the vice presidents of the BSD and also the the Earth Energy Group, um, plus running my own courses. You know, all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's almost having an extra sort of two to three hours in a car to go and visit somebody. Mm. I almost haven't got the time to do it these days. So for me to work remotely, this makes life so much more easier. But it's an exciting ride, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is great fun. I must admit, I could not turn the clock back and do what I used to do. It's given me a huge insight in, into how people work and how houses work and some of the problems. It's also a great way of, 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 of curing some of these unexplained damp. I mean, these, some of these damp-proof surveyors used to come around houses and say, we don't know why. The, 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 the damp-proof course is fine, everything's fine, the house is dry, it's all being built properly, but there's still damp there. We kind of know now, virtually with, it, with some of the water veins and streams you can find, a lot of, when you've got those moved and when you've got those healed, it's amazing how the damp just disappears. Mm -hmm. Do you do any uh, sort of you know, physical intervention, like uh, earth acupuncture stuff, to, to do that? Or do you tend to work just with intent? Just by intent. And obviously you're not on site, you have yeah, to... Yeah, just uh, by intent. Yeah. I've never really done enough of earth acupuncture to really do it in any, any serious ways. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think when, when, when we did um, one of Patrick's courses, I think E3 in those days, a couple of years ago, we did a bit of earth acupuncture. Um, but then I sort of looked at and talked to Patrick about it and said you could probably just get uh, a plan of the house and put a pin in... Yeah, you can, exactly. ...and yep. do that as well. Put so, and, that and then I think, well, if you can do it that way, then you perhaps do intent as well. Everybody works in many, many different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, life should... I think healing from the heart is great. It's what we do with the head that complicates things beyond yeah. all belief. Well, that's uh, very true of dozing. It's you know, getting the ego out of the way that's the main problem, is. really, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It work. Absolutely. So, uh, remind us what your website is again? Uh, www.dowsingspirits.co.uk. Fantastic. Adrian, good to talk to you. Thanks for spending the time with us. My pleasure, Graham. Thank you. And thanks once again to Adrian. And as before, I'll be putting a link to his website up on the show notes page, which you can find at britishdowsers.org slash podcast. You can also uh, send us an email on podcast at britishdowsers.org or register and leave messages in the forum at britishdowsers.org slash forum. That brings us to the end of this episode. Be sure to join us next time for more adventures in dowsing.